over Earth and still kicking in Uranus. Words the like, Road to Potomania, presented by Opinions and Beer. Tag along in this annual event with Adam and Ed Ray 1416 into the world of pro wrestling. You're listening to Opinions and Beer. Stone Cold Steve Austin knows that the Opinions and Beer podcast exist in this world and opinions opinions and beer two guys and another guy will never happen again i can't believe it we are on the road to potomania i'm adam and this is edry this is opinions and beer Already said we already said our names. We're gonna get on today. This is a going to be a very long episode of Wrestling with Alcohol. No, no, no. Of the Road to Potomania. Uh, today we got a bunch of things to cover. We're gonna continue our series of ranking the main events before Mania is what we're calling it. And uh, but uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we're gonna go ahead and give our Elimination Chamber predictions, or Elimination Chamber 2021 predictions. So, should we kick it off with the predictions or start with the throwbacks? Start with the throwbacks. You know what? Let's, because I want people to listen for the longest, we will start with the throwbacks and then make it to the predictions. Okay? That way, because, you know... if we do an hour episode, you know, who knows how many people will actually listen to the full hour. And I'd rather have the dated stuff, which is, you know, predictions will be dated if we're wrong. You know, it's like, oh, they were wrong, you know. What's the point? So, we'll finish the show with predictions. Start with the throwback. But before we get into any of that, we're going to do the beer of the day. And today's beer of the day is brought to you by... Texas Leaguer. This is three up, three down Imperial Indian Pell L coming in at 8.6% in alcohol by volume. Three up, three down. It's the bottom of the ninth, and the knee and you need someone dependable to seal the victory. Like a reliable closer, you expect your Imperial IPA to be a strong option with an arsenal of different characteristics. Three up, three down is a lights out choice that steps up. To the challenge, Texas Le- Texas Leaguer Brewing Company is brew is uh, over in Missouri City, Texas. I have not had any beers from them yet, but they are very baseball themed. They're a baseball themed brewery, and hopefully this episode is a home run. Oh, baseball puns! Now I'm going to try this beer. Woo! That is quite bitter. I don't know what the IBUs are on this. And this is kind of an older can. But, whoa, the bitterness is kind of there. Uh, kind of. Um. I mean, it's, a, it's good. 8.6. It's not the best, though. I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of. Has has kind of like an, an odd brut taste to it, um, and I wasn't expecting it. And so, <sighs> would I buy this again? No, I'm gonna give it a four 
out of 10. That's a fast rating, but I'm sorry. I, I was not. Um, it, it tastes very typical. Tastes a little too bruddy for me. Uh, and I was expecting like this imperial floral uh, badassery beer. But this is an older can, so maybe I should give them another shot down the line. But uh, Texas Leaguer, so far, three ups, three downs. You are three downs. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the road of Potomania. Ed Ray, have you enjoyed the road of Potomania so far? As good as it's going to get. As good as it's going to get, BS is going to get better. How so? How so? Because we're in the middle of a 2021 winter storm and shit's warming up. The podcast is warming up. At least the podcast isn't responsible for pipes being bust all over the south. Man, we're about, we're about to see a big boom in our podcast once again because guess what's back? What is it? Parlor. Parlor is back. So if you have a parlor, go over there right now. Follow Opinions and Beer on Parlor. Parlor is back, which means a lot of our listenerships that we were getting from Parlor is going to return. And so hopefully we can uh, start seeing a boom uh, here in uh, in the end of February and March. I think we're going to start seeing a bigger boom for the podcast because Parlor really helped us scale December, and I think uh, we'll see what happens. But um, anyways, moving on, uh, we're going to continue with our series, our series talking about the main events before Mania. Uh, About two episodes ago, me and Ed, no, last episode, uh, last episode, me and Ed Ray discussed the Attitude Era of the main event prior to Mania. Uh, I think our, our the, the, the I can't remember if we both ranked Rock and Kurt Angle as the best Attitude Era match of the main of the of the main event prior to Mania, or if you ranked something above it. I think we had I think we had a very similar ranking. I think we only had two uh, switch, but uh, but uh. What we're doing, we're going to break down by the era, which there's three eras. Let's be real. There's three eras to talk about. Uh, We did Attitude Era. Now we're going to do Ruthless Aggression. Ruthless Aggression Era lasted 10 years. There's two parts to it, though, and we're going to break that down. But Ruthless Aggression lasted 10 years, meaning there's 10 matches to chat about and rank. Uh... But ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression was in two parts. There's the there's the first half of ruthless aggression, and then there's the PG era ruthless aggression. Um, and we're gonna chat that. So, I guess let's let's kick things off. We're gonna kick things off with the first the first main event prior to mania to mania. That was a part of the ruthless aggression era. What kicks off the ruthless aggression era? It is 2004. No way out. Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, we in in this in, in Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero. They have a uh, they have a solid match. Um, the ending. Some people wish it was kind of a more clean finish for Eddie. But I mean, you know, whatever. We got, we got a. What I loved about the ending was it kind of, it really built up the matches. So prior to that, we just saw Kurt Angle win, uh, basically the number one contendership to go and face the champion, 
whoever that may be. Uh, so we w- we were either going to get Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar two, or Kurt Angle versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Brock Lesnar was obviously about to leave the company, and so we got this whole uh, uh, the the finish, which was Goldberg comes out, spears Lesnar, and basically helps Eddie Guerrero win the title at No Way Out. What were your uh, thoughts on this match? Well, before the ending, I have to say that. The match was pretty boring, mainly because the audience was not heavily invested in the match, you know. Many of the spots, the audience did not react to it. It didn't take until Goldberg's interference to finally get the audience to react, and then finally the finish came about, and the crowd went crazy. So you so you thought the match was boring? Up until the finish, yeah. See, I thought they... I thought they had a... A decent match. I thought they sold stuff really well. They did. They, I think, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of working holds. Yeah, I I remember. I mean, it, it, it felt like a classic old school match where like a lot of working holds. Um, Eddie Guerrero working on Brock Lesnar's leg. Uh, Brock Lesnar selling it rather well. That was the whole the whole gimmick though was that you know you know Eddie Guerrero was having trouble uh, getting um, Brock to, uh, leg around this thing around the pole and he was like oh and I don't know I just felt like it was a um it was a decent match I mean you had two you had two of the best wrestlers of the time well don't get me wrong it was good and all but the crowd killed the match and of okay. course Brock Lesnar was big and of course him being big working a long match he was blown up Oh yeah, he was sweating, dude. He, the sweat was pouring off his face like a river. It looked like a damn river. So, <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god! And this happens every Brock Lesnar match, proving that Brock Lesnar is very strong and he's very intimidating. But as far as his cardio is concerned, even back in 2004, it sucked. <laughs> uh, next up, we have 2005 No Way Out, JBL versus Big Show in a bob barbed wire. Steel cage match. Uh, this match was weird for me because uh, watching it, I guess Big Show was face, but he wrestles like a heel. You know, Big Show is a natural heel because he's a giant. You know, and he's aggressive and he looked aggressive. He had a weird fucking, he had a weird goatee, a weird mustache, and he looked weird. So he looked like a heel. He acted like a heel, and JBL was a heel. So this was a heel versus heel match inside a barbed wire steel cage. Uh, uh, and and once again, I what I like about No Way Out is they kind of like No Way Out, and I'll get to it. The first, the beginning of this main the main event show before Mania, it all it all perfectly set up WrestleMania. At some point, it fails. Uh, and I'll, we'll get to those years in in uh, in <laughs> in a moment. There comes a point where uh the no way out. It doesn't make sense anymore. Or the well, it turns into elimination. We'll talk, we'll talk about it. But at some point, it stopped making sense. At least in 2005, despite this match not making sense, heel versus heel, it was a solid setup and build up to JBL versus uh, John Cena. Uh, a lot of the stuff uh, Eddie Guerrero telling John Cena, oh, you know. You, uh, you're gonna main event uh, main even though he wasn't the actual main event, just in the in the top three uh, final matches or whatever, which they considered the main event, which is stupid. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it was very bloody. Uh, JBL busted open. I thought they had a very 
create a finish. Um, Big Show, it's he seemingly won the match, but prior to that, he choke slams JBL through the ring, and then JBL, uh, I guess, uh, while the camera's on Big Show, JBL had crawled out from under the ring and won and wins. He secretly wins the match, and I thought that was uh, super creative. And um, looking back at it, it was it was a really fun ending, and it was really bloody. It's just it didn't make sense because, like I said, heel versus heel. And there, and once again, maybe it was the crowd the crowd reaction. They seen it was heel versus heel, and they just the crowd reaction wasn't that good, and the the atmosphere was very poor for that match. What are your thoughts? The problem I had with the cage matches: number one, why was the cha- why was the cage door chain shut? I mean, that's not that was not a good way to end the match. I mean, Big Show had to spend a couple of minutes taking the chain off of that cage door. And then gingerly took his time down the steps, making him look like a fool in the process. Yeah. So if you did not have the chain door to be the chain on the door to begin with, Big Show could have won the match and didn't have to waste so much time getting out of the ring. But like you said, the match did not make sense to begin with, and the crowd sucked. But the finish—I mean, the finish may have been all right, but the well, chain—but thought... the chain on the door killed the match. Yeah, I just thought I thought it was a creative finish. The whole, you know, usually you have to climb. Over the top, but and you know what's funny? We've seen in the past, you know, people under the ring and people getting drugged under the ring, and so I just thought it was a creative finish that they actually had somebody crawl under the ring and win. I thought that was just it was kind of ingenious, uh, ingenious finish, just wrong match to use it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wish I wish it would have been a better match to uh, to put that idea to work. Uh, next up, two thousand six. This is a um. Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker. This started off super slow, but it picks up. And it's it's probably the best match we're going to talk about uh, in this entire series. <laughs> because uh, it was just really good. This uh, it, did, it does end in a kind of like a roll-up finish. You know, it doesn't have like a... Uh, a, de- a, a, def- a definite finish, but I like how it actually has a finish. A lot of these matches have interference in them. Almost every match on the card we've talked about has had some sort of interference or botch. Kurt Angle versus Taker 2006 did not have any interference, didn't have a botch because they saved the interference for a rematch because Undertaker thought he won with a submission. He didn't, I guess, Undertaker. The whole gimmick of the match was that Undertaker didn't realize he was being pinned, and that's why he lost. Because he 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 thought, oh, he had the submission hold locked in. Kurt Angle rolled him up for the pin, and Undertaker didn't realize he was being pinned, and so that was the whole thing. And so they had a rematch later on, which let which uh, which then led to Mark Henry interfering and causing Mark Henry versus Taker at Mania. But for this match, no interference. Solid wrestling, uh, solid back and forth, and it was fun. It, 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 the finish left both people uh, looking really strong going into their Mania matches. What were your thoughts on Kurt Angle versus Subtaker 2006? I thought that the build to the match was amazing, and when I saw the match, yeah, there were some slow spots in the match, but it was an epic build-up going into the climax of the match. Yeah. And like, I, like you said, the finish was... This finish was actually 
a replica of what they did on SmackDown, but it was the other way around. Exactly. And that was what made the match on SmackDown very memorable back in 2004, I think. Yeah, the original match, yeah. I think it was back in 2004 when they had that match. It was an epic match. So they decided to do it again, but this time on a grander level to a point where the crowd was eating everything up. The crowd was heavily invested in the match. And, of course, Kurt Angle won by pinfall. You know, this, you know, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle's won the majority of the matches against Taker. Has, has Kurt Angle lost to Taker? I have no idea, but yeah, I don't think but he, every time Kurt Angle wrestled The Undertaker, they had classic matches. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about it over in uh, uh, the Survivor Series breakdown. Remember, we were talking about Survivor Series matches with The Undertaker and Kurt Angle versus Taker. I think we ranked the, the best match, or maybe second best match, but still, <laughs> it was one of the best matches uh of of his career so Kurt Angle versus Taker man they they put on a solid show and it showed and you know you're right the build up cuz the, the whole build up was Kurt Angle beat Mark Henry at Royal Rumble Undertaker comes out and he lightning bolt th- uh, strikes the ring and the ring collapses and he's like oh so scary Undertaker returned and challenges Kurt Angle for the championship so i thought uh that was really cool um 2007 Batista and Undertaker versus John Cena and Shawn Michaels. Okay, so I'm glad that I'm re-watching all these because this is the whole thing. I'm re-watching every single of these matches because I want to see how the matches look with fresh eyes, you know, without knowing the build-up. Like, are these matches... Can these matches hold up for re-watchability? Uh... Going into this match, Batista Undertaker versus John Cena and Shawn Michaels, I remember this time because I was deep into watching wrestling around 2006. Uh, really, actually, 2004 to uh, 2010 was my peak of watching wrestling all the time, you know, keeping up to date with everything. Uh, I remember 2007, and people hated the idea of this match. They didn't like this match. This match was shat on. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that I actually look, look watching it back. I liked it, and actually it made me really want a Undertaker versus John Cena match. I thought they were working really well together, and it really I made me wish that they would have gotten a feud at the height of here, like 2007, 2008 feud. Taker versus John Cena would have been amazing. Would have been awesome. It was, they were the top of their fucking careers. Uh. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe give John Cena an extra year. Let's do 2009. Let's do Taker versus Cena 2009. That would have been good. Because uh, John Cena was still having to learn. Because we've seen him and Shawn Michaels go at Mania. And John Cena uh, still probably could have used some uh, some work. But uh, Batista Taker. Uh, Batista turns on Taker. And then it becomes a super kick into an FU. So John, Shawn Michaels and John Cena worked well together to defeat the t- Undertaker, uh, leading, le- which really helped the build up to take Taker versus Batista, which was the which was the better match at Mania. You know that. So I really liked the build up to those matches, and uh, we got a little taste. We got we we keep uh, starting in 2007. We were getting these little tastes, these little samples. Of Taker versus Shawn Michaels, which we would see later in 2009, was it? I can't remember the year that they finally uh, faced off. Uh, I think it was 2009, but um, 
Crazy stuff. What are your thoughts on this match? I honestly don't remember that match. You don't remember Batista and Undertaker versus John Cena and Shawn Michaels? No. Yeah, because yeah, people shat on it. That's why you don't remember because it was, it was uh, people were mad that Taker got pinned uh, by Cena, and so it kind of just got it gets put under the bus. But I mean, it was a it was a decent match, and it it wasn't main event worthy. I would say, you know, I'll admit that it what probably wasn't main event worthy. But the concept and like just like some of the showings and some of the foreshadowing within the match was really good. I just wish it would have paid off with Taker and Cena later down the line, and it did not. Uh, so that's just sad about it. Uh, 2008. So 2008, this is the last match. 2008 is the last match in the first half of the Ruthless Aggression era. Right or part one of Ruthless Aggression. Part two is PG. This is the last non-PG match in Ruthless Aggression. Uh, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho versus JBL versus Umaga in an Elimination Chamber match. We see uh, quite possibly blood for the last time in a Chamber match with <laughs> with Shawn Michaels getting heavily busted open. Uh. This is probably this is probably one of my favorite chamber matches of the ruthless aggression era, as far as um, well, as far as like the main event before main event, because you know used to elimination chamber was at Survivor Series, right? They were doing it at Survivor Series, and so as far as moving it to No Way Out, and then eventually elimination chamber by itself as a pay per view. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite of the matches. Um, Triple H obviously gets the win. Triple H being the king of Elimination Chamber, apparently. Uh, but Jeff Hardy puts on a really good showing. Uh, Jeff Hardy gets uh, he gets the pedigree on the chair. Uh, really, really solid match. Really solid match. What are your thoughts? I think it was a good build-up going into WrestleMania, you know. Uh, Jeff Hardy in 2008 had an excellent year in general because at some point he faced Triple H and Edge in a World Heavyweight Championship match or was it WWE? I think it was a WWE Championship in 2008 with Triple H and Edge but I think this match uh, this match gave us an opportunity to see what potential Jeff Hardy had after the years of alcohol and drugs you know that he was slowly making a comeback and trying to insert himself into the main event. But as far as the match itself, I mean, it was pretty good. I'm not going to say it was not very controversial. I mean, nothing can be as controversial as SummerSlam 2003 with the whole Goldberg thing, you know? Yeah. But it was interesting to see how well Jeff Hardy started doing in 2008, leading up to the months that goes into the match with Triple H and Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. <sighs> Wait, was Triple H versus Edge? Triple Man H versus Edge. What are you talking about? At Mania? Yeah, what was the Mania match that this was building up to? I can't remember. I think it was Edge versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 24 for the World Heavyweight Championship. 2008? Yeah, that's WrestleMania 24, I think. That was Edge versus uh, Undertaker. But who was Triple H facing? Was that <sighs> Batista or um, Randy Orton? 
It may have been Randy Orton. I can't remember Damn, that one. Damn, I know. It's a fucking hard. But I, but I know that 2008, Triple Agent Edge faced Jeff Hardy in a triple threat yeah. for the championship, and Jeff Hardy won that. There comes a point where these... Uh, where these manias in no way out start to blend together. I'd be honest with you. I, I've had to like Google many a time because like I said, there comes a point where the buildups don't make sense anymore. Um, and we'll get to that probably at some point. I, I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll pick it out, but there comes a point where the buildups don't make any fucking sense. And that the WrestleMania card does not translate well when you're looking at the pay-per-view right before mania it makes zero sense <laughs> but anyways moving on to 2009 john cena versus Rey mysterio versus chris jericho versus kane versus mike Knott versus edge an elimination chamber match for the world heavyweight championship 2009 um i'll give them credit for being at least the most unpredictable chamber uh 2009 had the most unpredictable was the most unpredictable elimination chamber event. Uh, we saw in the er, earlier in that night, Edge was the first person eliminated in the SmackDown uh, elimination chamber match, meaning that somebody knew was going to be champion. That was so it was, it was so crazy to see. Whenever the champion's the first one to be pinned, and you know, oh my god. There's going to be a new champion no matter what. You know, that's always intriguing. Uh, and then the main event comes around, and Edge only lost to a roll up, so he's not hurt or nothing. He hasn't been in a match. He's, he's not even really been in the match, right? So he's completely fresh. Uh, Edge attacks and Katerchos Kofi Kingston at the start of the match and enters a pod. So now Edge has inserted himself into the Raw Elimination Chamber match. Uh, we see Kane get I hate Kane's elimination, but I, at least it takes a team up to eliminate him. I, but I hate when Kane gets eliminated first because he's the fucking big red monster. I hate when they eliminate monsters uh, so quick. And I also think that Mike Knox is uh, worthless in this match. Uh, I don't know why he's in it. I know they are trying to build Mike Knox at the time, but he really wasn't that good of a worker. And he wasn't that uh, intimidating. Uh, I feel like they could have easily switched Mike Knock and, and Kane's spot at least. <laughs> but, uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, we see John Cena takes a... He takes three finishers, I think. He takes a finisher. He takes a 619 from Ray. He takes a codebreaker from Chris Jericho. And then takes a spear from Edge. And um, and John Cena gets pinned, and Edge's face becomes a meme. <laughs> the Edge makes a face; it's literally a meme everywhere. And so we got Edge, Chris Jericho, and Rey Mysterio for the final three. One of them will be the new Raw champion. And uh, crazy enough, so it's, it's so crazy. Basically, Edge loses his, loses the SmackDown title. Jumps to the Raw Chamber and Edge ends up winning the vic winning the Raw title, uh, transferring him over to Raw. It was a, it, I think it was a very creative show. This is one of the most creative things. They didn't have that much spots in this, but I felt the creative ending was good enough to make it a a, a really solid Chamber match. Yeah, I think Edge inserting himself into that Raw Elimination Chamber match got the crowd's interest peaked. 
And of course, you had great in ring psychology with Kane and Edge and Mysterio. Yeah. And Jericho was obviously a good worker in there. But Mike Knox, he was the most pointless out of all of them. And of course, John Cena, he was already starting to get booed out of the building. Oh, no yeah. matter where he went. So there had to come a time when a new champion was about. And even though Edge was the rated R superstar, it was the right time for WWE to pull the trigger and put the belt on Edge. I'm trying to make sure that what I'm looking at is right. Um, moving on to 2010. 2010-11th Nation Chamber match. The Undertaker is champion. It's Undertaker versus Rey Mysterio versus John Morrison versus R-Truth versus Chris Jericho versus CM Punk. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straightforward. So... The biggest takeaway from this match was that Undertaker caught on fire, and then Chris Jericho wins after Shawn Michaels comes up through the uh, grating of the Elimination Chamber and super kicks Undertaker. Uh, this the twenty ten the twenty ten Elimination Chamber. Just you know, there was those two moments, but and you don't even know <laughs> you know Undertaker has to tell a story about it, but the, but besides. Besides Shawn Michaels helping Chris Jericho win, this may be the worst chamber match of history. I mean, Undertaker was burnt, and he had he had a little fire coming out, but uh, he was he 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 was the last person to enter. He had some uh, he had a fun little, you know, he had a fun rush of energy, uh, you know, fighting Chris Jericho, uh, but ultimately the the whole build up to Taker coming out was. Bad. It was boring. Everything about this match was really, literally boring as hell. The probably the most boring elimination chamber I've ever seen uh, until the ending with Shawn Michaels. It, it, it's really bad. Um, what are your thoughts on this uh, chamber? Do you agree? The only thing I can remember about the elimination chamber from 2010 was Undertaker getting burned, but I don't remember the match. Yeah, as I'm saying like it's a really boring match and. It, uh, the only the the only thing that happened was, I think this was the build up to, uh, Sean versus Taker two, and so Sean came out from the great super kick Taker, and then Chris Jericho covered for the uh, win, becoming the champion, leading to Chris Jericho versus CM Punk for the title. I think, I think that's what that the title match was, but um, but yeah, so probably the worst chamber match, um. And it sucks to say, but it's true. Next up, we have the 2011 Elimination, elimination Chamber. John Cena versus Randy Orton versus John Morrison versus R-Truth versus CM Punk versus King Sheamus. 2011, what, uh, 2011 had the fun, the fun spot with CM Punk being... Um, CM Punk, I think, gets caught... Right, he gets caught in the uh, in the cell, and he gets eliminated super early because his his uh, cell door malfunctioned, and then someone comes out. Or no, th- was this the anonymous GM? I think the anonymous GM was like, because of a mult- because of a uh, messed up door, CM Punk was unfairly eliminated. And so CM Punk is reinstated into the match. So CM Punk was eliminated, but then the anonymous Raw GM 
was like, oh no, it was a faulty door, so he's re-entered into the match. So CM Punk got to re-enter <laughs> the match. Uh, I think he ultimately got eliminated by... I think he ultimately got eliminated by Randy Orton. Uh, John Cena... No, he did not. CM Punk eliminated uh, Randy Orton. And then John Cena... Uh, finally won after he uh, F-U'd CM Punk onto the great, and he uh, he pinned uh, CM Punk to win. Uh, what are your thoughts on the 2011 Elimination Chamber? Well, like you said, when John Cena pinned CM Punk, that was the beginning of something special down the line in 2011, you know, with uh, Money in the Bank in Chicago. Oh, yeah. So this was the seedling that was, this was the seed that was being planted for an epic feud between Cena and Punk. It wasn't there just yet because I think if uh, I think in 2011, well, CM Punk was uh, he was still a core member at this time. What what was it called? Nexus. Ne- no, no, I think it was. No, he was Nexus, and R- Wade Barrett was with the core. Yeah, I think CM Punk t- takes it over. He had like a he had a core thing, or was. Was that a new Nexus? It was a new Nexus, I think. Oh, okay. Maybe it was new Nexus. I, I, th- I really thought it was a C for core. I thought he took it over. I well, it was that, well nonetheless, that ending for the chamber was the seed that was being planted for the epic feud. But Cena was facing The Miz at WrestleMania yep. that year. And it was an abysmal main event at WrestleMania. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah, when we get to Mania. But right now, we're still doing the... Main event before Mania. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, the match wasn't too bad. At the ending, it, it was just seeds being planted for that feud. At the end of the day, I mean, there's something to take away is that whenever they took away the attitude part, <laughs> whenever they went PG with Chamber, I mean, the Chamber just isn't what it used to be. It isn't as great as it used to be. I mean, they they they're they're trying. You know, they they find creative spots nowadays. Uh, especially, I mean, maybe we'll talk about it another time. But they 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 find creative spots now. Uh, but it just doesn't it just doesn't matter. I mean, there's just like it's just not as brutal. It doesn't feel as cool. Yeah, when, yeah, when you when you take away blood in any cage match, whether it's elimination chamber, or steel cage, or hell in a cell. The psychology's not there. Exactly. Psychology's broken. And now they've even taken away the grading. It's all a platform now instead of grading. Remember? Yeah, that's what all the Once change- again, that was psychology at its finest. I know. That's what when I'm you, saying. When you alter the features of a cage, whether it's Elimination Chamber or something else, you're taking away the psychology of the match. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. Uh, moving on. We just talked about 2011. Uh, we have two more matches in the Ruthless Aggression era. 2012 Elimination Chamber. John Cena versus Kane in an ambulance match. Two takeaways from this. A. John Cena should have went heel. B. The only spot in this that is worth talking about is the John Cena F-U-ing Kane off the ambulance. Other than that, this is probably... The worst ambulance match I've ever seen. Uh, and it sucks. I'm a huge Kane fan. And it's not really Kane's fault. I think it's just the direction of the match and the fact that um, I just feel like they took this in a weird direction. I think Kane is just fresh off. Kane is fresh off of being um, corporate Kane. 
and so he's kind of a joke. And it's kind of like, it's kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that he's a joke at this point. And he's just like, he's trying to, you know, bring back, bring it back or whatever. He has the whole black mask that comes in and can't the whole, oh, bring the hate. And, you know, we're going to rise, rise, rise the hate. And let's make John Cena heal. It was a whole gimmick of this match and the whole gimmick of the feud for a month. This is a, this is a month long feud that doesn't, that was only built up to show that John Cena will never turn heel. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, that was the whole, and it was, it was, it was him building up to facing the rock, like to beat the rock Cena, you have to be heel. You have to take that extra step. You are not as good as the rock to beat the rock in y'all's first ever encounter. You have to turn heel and Kane is going to bring that out of you. And the whole gimmick was like, oh, Kane didn't bring it out of him. And then John Cena obviously goes on and lose against the rock. The match is pointless. Uh, the match was boring except for like i said the the one spot there they they the, the fu off the ambulance was cool but that's it <laughs> that's sadly it uh i i wish i wish they would have done something to, i wish it would have i wish this match would have resembled kane versus shane mcmahon at a survivor series but it does not <laughs> it does not what are your thoughts on this match and build up this was too tame to be an ambulance match i mean even Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman and their ambulance match was much better than this oh, yeah. piece of crap match. But Shane versus Kane in 2003 Survivor Series, how do you top that one? That was the most <laughs> that was the most violent ambulance match I've ever seen. But at least they could have allowed the level of violence to get up a little bit to where John Cena is bleeding. It would have called for it because that would have added to the psychology of the match. That would have made the match interesting. Yeah. But there was no blood. No blood. And it was, and it was just too tame to watch. Too tame to watch. Oh, my God. Uh, last up, what I consider... You know what's crazy? The Rock was in... The Rock was at the end of the Attitude Era. And The Rock... The Rock ended... The Attitude Era, and The Rock ended uh, Ruthless Aggression. It's just cro- it's just so crazy to think to me, Ed Ray, that uh, The Rock was uh, a part of two major events, two major transitions in wrestling. You know, in 2003, The Rock, he wrestled Hulk Hogan at the No Way Out. We talked about that. But that mania, he wrestled, who'd he wrestle? Stone Cold for the very last time. Ending the Attitude Era. So we end the Attitude Era in 2003. Uh, the main event was uh, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle. Effectively starting the the Ruthless Aggression Era. And we talked about you know Brock Lesnar versus Eddie uh, 20. And WrestleMania 20 and stuff like that. But I mean we, we go on. We go on. The Rock's gone. He comes back. Get, you know who, who, who was the up and comer? Who was the guy that became the face of Ruthless Aggression? John Cena. And so we see him come back and face John Cena in two matches back-to-back. Effectively, you know, that second match effectively ended the Ruthless Aggression era. And it kind of gave way to the next era in wrestling. Before that, so John Cena versus Kane happens. Uh, the Rock, he goes on to face The Rock. He loses The Rock. So now we got to build up to John Cena versus Rock 
2.0. And The Rock, he wants some. He wants this time to be special. And so, The Rock wants to win the title. To, and that way, there's a title involved in The Rock versus John Cena. We see The Rock versus CM Punk in uh, the Royal Rumble 2013. Well, now it's time for CM Punk for his rematch clause. And so here we are. 2013 Elimination Chamber. The Rock versus CM Punk 2. It's, a, it's slightly different than the first time. So the first time, I think this one, I think The Rock versus CM, CM Punk 2, psychologically better than the first. Uh, the first one, The Rock had uh, an upper hand, but he mostly did the... He did right hand about... 90% of the match. Uh, the biggest difference, and at first, I, I at first, I didn't like The Rock versus CM Punk 2. Like, even rewatching it, I was like, ugh, this is not that good. But then there comes a point where that psychology switches on you, and you're like, oh, this is really good. This was a good match. Like, uh, The Rock doesn't do much. Then again, he's, you know, he's just coming, you know, he's, He's come back, and a lot of these legends, when they come back, they're not doing too much stuff. They're basically doing their their signature moves. But I mean, this is like a thirty minute match. You know, it's a thirty minute match, and The Rock is just. I mean, he he, I mean, he hits a clothesline here and there, but The Rock's kind of just taking punishment. So I mean, The, the Rock's just uh, he's on the defensive, and CM Punk is uh, is working the match, and it, we there comes a point where where it gets crazy, where like all the false finishes and stuff, it's like. Whew, this shit's getting nuts. Like the Rock's selling, but the uh, CM Punk is spitting in the Rock's face, and it's like real spit, and it's gross, and the Rock's pissed, and like the psychology in this match is off the chain, and uh, and, and it's it's sad that at the time we kind of dismissed it, and for reasonable, for you know, because we all knew that you know this was all just kind of like we knew the Rock was gonna win. It wasn't going to be a surprise, you know. But but looking back at it with fresh eyes, the match itself, they did really good well in the match, you know. I think uh, it's just that outside psychology, right? It's it's that internet psychology. The internet is the. I think the internet is single handedly ruining wrestling. <laughs> now that I think about rewatching some of these matches, the internet has ruined wrestling because. They, <laughs> Because I mean, if if you would have watched this and not known that oh, The Rock and John Cena two is is a hundred percent planned, they want to use the title, then this would have been fucking crazy. This match would have been insane. And honestly, it's it's a monumental match. You have CM Punk, who is arguably the biggest star in the second half of Ruthless Aggression, uh, and The Rock, the biggest star in the second half of Attitude Era. Because let's be let's be real, you know, Stone Cold was control of the first half of Attitude Era, and then The Rock comes, and he controls the second half, and he ends that, the Attitude Era. And then he comes in, faces John Cena, ends Ruthless Aggression. But The Rock, CM Punk, that's a big match on paper. You know, CM Punk's a huge star now. Second half of uh, Ruthless Aggression. And The Rock is obviously The Rock. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I think I think Rock, CM Punk, too, is, is a... Um, is underappreciated. Underappreciated. What are your thoughts? Oh, it wasn't too bad of a match. I mean, their first match was pretty good. But I just thought that they could have done some sort of a draw, a draw finish to justify a triple threat with The Rock 
CM Punk and John Cena, that would have made the WrestleMania match unpredictable. It would have made it a lot more enjoyable to watch. What's CM Punk going to do? Face the Taker? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was uh, Undertaker. Yeah, he did. It was. It was. And it was a massive burial of CM Punk in that match. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, CM Punk felt like they could have built up to it, but but it, it ended up coming off as just another uh, victim for Taker. Uh, so that that's kind of, that's the only thing that really sucked about it. But but yeah. So yeah, the Rock versus CM Punk, and that's it. That's the that was the ruthless aggression era, the last the last main event before Mania, and ruthless aggression before we get on to reality era, was The Rock versus CM Punk. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here we go. Let's rank these matches. Let's rank the ruthless aggression. I've I've put them in bold. So I'll start with the bottom. I'll start with the worst match of ruthless aggression. The worst match. Of the Ruthless Aggression main event before Mania matches is the 2010 Elimination Chamber. Let's face it. I'm a huge Undertaker fan. You know, whatever. The finish was fine because of the, you know, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels 2, which was a classic. Both those ma- All those matches are classic, him and, t- him and Shawn Michaels. The whole match, though, is super boring. It's probably the worst Chamber match in history. Um, it's worse than... Anything, any chamber match you can say off the top of your head, it's worse. This is the worst chamber match ever. Super boring. Nothing happens. Uh, it sucks. <laughs> number two. Uh, no, number nine. Uh, nine? Yeah, there's ten matches. Number nine. Kane versus John Cena in an ambulance match. This has one, one moment. <laughs> you know? Uh, other than that, this is uh, the worst ambulance match, and uh, they have one moment. And John Cena should have turned heel. <laughs> Sorry, and he didn't. Uh, uh, what a waste! It's a waste of time to watch. Uh, number eight, JBL versus Big Show, barbed wire, steel cage. This match was pointless. It's heel versus heel. There's really no story in it, and um, I like blood. The blood was cool, which is why it's actually so high on my on my regular list is all the blood and the creative finish. But for the ruthless aggression, it's uh, it wasn't that good at all. <laughs> so uh, that's number eight. Number seven, 2009 Elimination Chamber: John Cena, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, Kane, Mike Knox, Edge. Uh, not as boring as 2010 Elimination Chamber, but. The only redeeming quality of this match was the mystery of who would be champion, uh, which was ultimately Edge. Uh, other than that, eh, Mike Knox was worthless. Kane gets eliminated too quick. And, I mean, Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho have been in this spot in other match- in other uh, <laughs> chamber matches. And it's just it was like the same thing over and over again, uh, despite the uh, creative... Uh, the um, Get uh, what's gonna happen? Uh, fall, uh, finish number uh, 10, 9, 8, 7. Number six, Batista and Undertaker versus John Cena and Shawn Michaels. This is a solid tag team match that probably could have been used on Raw, but it was still solid and it, 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 it gave you the imagination of man, what about John Cena versus Taker 
uh, in this era? What about, you know, what about Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the future? You know, oh man, Batista Undertaker Mania. What a good build up. So I mean this was this was a raw match that they happened to put on a pay per view. Uh but it was still better than it was still more entertaining thanks to the talent involved than uh some of the prior matches. Number five, twenty eleven Elimination Chamber. John Cena, Randy Orton, John Morrison, Raw Truth, CM Punk, and King Sheamus. This uh, this was a really fun chamber match. The CM Punk getting trapped was a creative spot, and then him being re-entered into the match. Uh, John Cena winning by pinning CM Punk, and then it also leads to this huge feud between John Cena and CM Punk, which is probably the one of the best feuds uh, of the ruthless of the ruthless aggression era, uh, part two of the second half of ruthless aggression, basically after 2010. So, uh, number number four. The Rock versus CM Punk 2. I think the the first half is kind of boring, but then when you realize uh, the actual psychology that's being put into the match, and you you realize that this is actually a throwback to classic Attitude Era uh, matches, um, just in a PG era, and so I thought I think it's a solid solid match. Number three, 2008 Triple H. Versus Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho versus John, JBL versus Umaga in the Elimination Chamber. Uh, this is the last chamber to feature blood. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Actually, the 2009 chamber, I believe, did have blood. But Chris Jericho had to walk over to the corner and had to fucking put tape or something on his face. They wiped the blood off because Chris Jericho, his cheek was all bloodied and busted open. But then, like, ten seconds later, it was gone because it was PG now, and they had to take the blood away. It was like, what a fucking, what annoyance. Anyways, 2008, the last chamber to feature uh, blood heavily. Uh, and then, uh, I love the finish. I love how they made Jeff Hardy look really strong, kicking out of a um, pedigree, and Triple H having a pedigree tri- Jeff Hardy onto a chair for the win. I, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, this match. Number two. Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, despite the fan reactions not being so strong, this is a solid match. There's no gimmick in this. This is a match. Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero, two of the most talented people, two of the biggest stars in the Ruthless Aggression era. Uh, and really, of all time, probably, two of the biggest stars of all time, top ten stars of this of you know, post- Hulk Hogan era, you know, post Randy Savage era. These two guys are huge. Uh, and it's cool to look back on that they had this, uh, such a good match, uh, despite the fan reaction not being so positive. Uh, and then you had a cool pop with Goldberg. So, you know, you had this throwback to WCW days and this whole build up to Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg and Eddie Guerrero versus, uh, Kurt Angle. And so it's, uh, it's up there for me. Uh, I, it, it really is. It's up there. It's a, it's, it's a classic match, and it's just sad that um, the audience at the time was so jaded thanks to the, the internet for spoiling the fact that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg were leaving. So, jaded. Jaded, jaded fans, but solid match. Number one, the best match was Kurt Angle versus Undertaker. Who would have seen that coming? Ed Ray, what are your thoughts on my choices, and what are your picks? Those were solid choices of yours. Okay, so you agree with everything I said? Yeah, I mean, how do you, 
how to how can I argue your points on this? I mean, <laughs> number one is obviously right. Number two is obviously right. Okay. And all the others, I mean, either I have either I have not seen them or I don't care. I understand. I understand. And we'll talk about the full list because I Ed Ray is obviously looking at my full list as well. I'm, I'm making a list of the entirety of the main events. So right now we're breaking it down in sections, but uh, at the finale of this, we're going to go through and list every main event in order and discuss them. Uh, as far as the, the ranking, not the matches themselves. We'll just talk about the ranking as a finale for them. Uh, probably around Fastlane 2021, because Fastlane will obviously be added to this list because it'll be the main event before Mania. So... Cool stuff, fun stuff. Woo! So that's our list for Ruthless Aggression. Let's move on to the second half of this episode. Elimination Chamber 2021 predictions! You ready to predict the 2021 Elimination Chamber matches? Oh yeah, let's do this. Uh, For those that are listening, the 2021 Elimination Chamber takes place February 21st. So if you're listening to this after February 21st, the Chamber match has already happened. Check back for our results reaction. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's look at the match card that they have so far. Do you want to look at predicted matches or just the confirmed matches? Let's try the confirmed matches. All right, let's just we're just going to do confirmed matches, not the predicted matches. First off, we got the United States Championship match. Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee versus Riddle. Oh, that's going to be a tough one. So basically, they've added Keith Lee to the mix, which makes me think Riddle's going to (laughs) win. I think Keith Lee does the, um, what's what's his finisher called? The I think it's I think it's whatever that uh, Dragon Ball Z move is, Kamehameha Bomb. <laughs> I don't know, Power Bomb. Anyway, Keith Lee does his Power Bomb to Bob Lashley and Riddle uh, hits Keith Lee and then pins Lashley. I think is the finish. I think Lashley's gonna lose the title uh, here, but I think it'll be he'll lose it in a way that keeps him strong. You know what I mean? Like uh, he won't lose to the guy. They did the move to him, <laughs> if that makes sense. Or he gets teamed up against. Uh, um, I think I think Bobby Lashley might lose only because I think they want to build Bobby Lashley to a um, to an actual to the to the main title uh, run in, for uh, 2021. I think they're going to take the they, they got to find a way to take the U.S. title off of him but keep him strong. Also, maybe Riddle pins Keith Lee. You know, maybe Bobby Lashley doesn't even get pinned. But I think Bobby Lashley uh, will lose the title to go on and face um, whoever the champion is uh, for Raw or SmackDown if he gets traded, so drafted. Bobby Lashley versus Edge confirmed. <laughs> uh, Raw Women's Championship. Oh, and uh, wait, what are your thoughts on this match? What do you pick? I have to say, I'm, I'm going to have to say Riddle wins. Okay. But I'm not so sure about that. I mean, Bobby Lashley's been a very good United States champion, so it's gonna be no, hard. No, he is. He has been. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think that? But do you think the mindset of the fact that they want him to be that that this man's high on him? So do you think that he's he's high on him 
to only the extent of U.S. champion, or do you think he's hot on him enough to put him in a main of to put him in the main event scene? That remains to be seen, but That's, I'm gonna say Riddle wins. Okay, so you say Riddle wins. Uh, Oscar versus Lacey Evans for the Raw Women's cha- Wait, obviously this is not updated. This ain't updated. Because it's going to be Asuka versus Charlotte, I think. Because what happened was, and you're not going to believe this, folks, but Lacey Evans is pregnant. With Ric Flair's baby. And she won't be back for nine months. So wait, wait. Let's see if this is updated. 2021 Elimination Chamber Matches. Let's see what's going on. It's, It's still saying it. My it's, question is, why hasn't it been changed? Is it fake? One day ago. One day ago. What is this crap? Look at this. Oh, that's a chamber. I need the matches, man. I need the matches. We may have to skip that one because I think it's fake. All right, we're skipping that one. Fake. Unless, if, the, if these aren't updated, then I'll be pissed off. Let's see. Um... Okay, these are updated. So we'll start off with the Raw Elimination Chamber match. For the WWE Championship, we have Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston, who just replaced The Miz on Raw. Who's getting... You know what? I don't think Kofi Kingston's going to be in this match. Bet. Who do you think is going to be replace Kofi Kingston? I'll give you a hint. It starts with a M. Mufasa Ali. <laughs> you sure about that, dude? That's the whole gimmick. That's the whole feud. Mufasa Ali was just talking about how Kofi Kingston only got his Kofi Mania because he stole Mufasa Ali's chamber spot. Yeah, but did Kingston? Did Kingston injure Ali in that match last year or a couple of years ago? Who but knows? no, I know, but it's a, it's just a it's a weird build up because Ali is you know heel, so I bet I bet you that Ali pulls an edge and beats up Kofi Kingston before the match and takes a spot, or Kofi Kingston is injured backstage, <laughs> Mufasa Mustafa Ali takes the spot. I think Mustafa Ali is going to be uh, in this in, in the chamber. I I really do think so. I think he will replace Kofi Kingston. I think it's a build up to their feud. I think it's going to be obviously. I think it's going to be New Day versus um, Retribution at Mania is what they're building to, and I think that's a way to do it. Uh, but who's going to win this match? Well, let's let's look at our contenders. Uh, I don't think Kofi Kingston is going to win. Obviously, I think he's not even going to be in the match. I think he's going to be replaced. Uh, Sheamus, what are the odds on Sheamus winning the chamber match? Not likely. Not likely? He's actually the... Out of all these people, he might be the most likely. He'll probably be eliminated second to last. Uh, Then we have Jeff Hardy. No. AJ Styles. What if Omos gets involved? He may... uh, Styles may lose by interference. How would he lose by interference? 
You say almost is going to get involved, right? Maybe to help AJ. You think he's going to be hurt, AJ? That's a possibility he we'll t- have oh, to he, see. He turns on Randy Orton. Obviously, you know what's funny? A lot of these people, everybody except Sheamus, has feuds outside, and so they all can have interference. But Randy Orton, especially, is going to have. Randy Orton's going to lose because of interference from the Fiend. Hundred percent positive. <laughs> uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, Ed Ray, I guess it's time to start kind of like trying to guess what they're going to do. Do you think they're going to do Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon for Mania? If so, then that means that Drew McIntyre would have to lose this match. No, but I mean, no, Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon for the title. No, because we don't want Shane to win. Exactly. Therefore, Drew McIntyre needs to lose this match before he can face Shane McMahon. Because you know Shane McMahon did that whole that whole uh, oh we need a we need a main eventer for Mania. We need a we need a star. Yeah, but if Randy Orton does not defeat Drew McIntyre, then his feud with the uh, the Fiend ain't gonna culminate very well at WrestleMania. What are you trying to say to me? Who Who's winning this match? Randy Orton. You think Randy Orton's winning? Well, he has to win in order to make the match with The Fiend more intense going into WrestleMania. They don't give a shit about that. They but, think it's intense already with the psychological or whatever. Yeah but, if you, but yeah, but if you add the title in, it's going to be more meaningful, especially if The Fiend wins. Do you think they're going to put Drew McIntyre at Mania without a, t- a title? If it means so much to wrestle Shane McMahon, yeah, because we don't want Shane McMahon versus Drew McIntyre for the world title at WrestleMania. But it's a it's an okay match on card, right? On card, yeah, but as far as how to make a championship match with somebody that is memorable for his stupid buffs. No, he's the greatest wrestler in the world. Remember, he won the greatest wrestler uh, matches. He doesn't know how to work. All he does is crazy spots. Exactly. And that's not going to help... That's not going to help against Drew McIntyre in this situation. <laughs> so why so why should it be Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon when Randy Orton versus The Fiend is a hotter feud? I think Sheamus, I think Sheamus wins and I think we get Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus uh Jinder Mahal at Mania. Oh, that'd be a nightmare. What th- a triple threat? Especially with Jinder Mahal. Why? Because the guy almost bankrupted WWE as a champion. Oh, whatever. He he got in the uh uh uh, buys. What about um, what's Heath Slater doing? Maybe we could get a fatal four way: Drew McIntyre, uh, Sheamus, Heath Slater. Heath Slater, I think, was an impact last time I checked. Yeah, but I don't think he signed a contract. He's just doing special uh, appearances, so he could. Uh, I think he can easily come back to uh, WWE for something. I really wish it was Carlito doing something with Drew McIntyre, but apparently Drew uh, Carlito was a uh, one-week stint, and he might be done with uh, the company again. So, that sucks. So basically what you're telling me is that the WWE Championship match is the is so far the most unpredictable, unpredictable match on this card. Yeah. It really is. It really is unpredictable. Because you know? I think Randy Orton's going to win the title. Why? Like I said, it's got to add to the story of Randy Orton versus The Fiend at WrestleMania. Or if Randy Orton wins the title, 
Will Edge challenge Randy Orton for the championship? No, it's got to be Edge versus Roman. You said last week that you did not think Roman versus Edge was going to do it. But unfortunately, it's going to happen. Because I actually saw some things on SmackDown that I didn't like, but it's going to happen. Like what? What'd you see? Eh, just a bunch of stupid stuff involving Roman and Edge. Oh, where he was uh, talking shit about Edge? Yeah. So it's obvious they're going to have that match whether we like it or not. I don't know. I, You know what's crazy? I think, you know what's fun though? But what's fun is that at least is somewhat unpredictable. Because the only good thing about <laughs> WWE right now planning WrestleMania one week before WrestleMania is that we don't know what's going to happen because neither, neither do they. <laughs> neither do they. It's because Vince McMahon never makes up his mind on what he wants. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so you're saying Randy Orton is going to win the Chamber match. Yeah, because let's face it, Drew McIntyre's Shit. championship run has been crap as of late. And of I... course, we do not want Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. What are we going to get at Mania? Drew versus Sheamus in a singles? Well, there's got to be something on the line. But if uh, Randy Orton wins, then what's going to be on the line? What are they going to fight for? I think Drew... You know what sucks about this? Is that there's another pay-per-view. That's the one thing that sucks about this chamber pay-per-view. Is that we still have Fastlane. What are they going to do? Like this, They are stacking the chamber. Chamber... The Elimination Chamber should be the final pay-per-view before Mania. Okay. Whenever they insert that extra whenever they insert the extra stuff, it's like what are they doing? Like what what matches are there going to be? I like who are they going to face? Like okay, if Randy Orton wins the title, what's his fast lane match? D- Drew Exactly. You got to think that way now. You got you can't just say it's straight to mania because there's a there's a pay per view in the middle of this. So it's so I mean if Drew wins, maybe maybe him versus Shane McMahon is Fastlane and not mania. You know, not mania. And then if that happens, then Drew unfortunately is going to be at WrestleMania walking in as champion. But then who's facing him? I wonder. Sheamus, I guess. I don't know. AJ Styles. Who's AJ Styles feuding with right now? Wish I could tell you. Damn. I just don't know. I just don't know. This kind That's of, the good and bad of unpredictable matches. This is kind of crazy because like it could go a bad way, could go a good way. <sighs> I'm I'm 50-50. I think Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, I don't think they built AJ Styles enough this year. I think he's, I think AJ Styles has taken a back seat ever since uh, the match with Taker. Um, they teamed up with Omos, but how much was Omos going to be a factor in the Chamber match? And then what? I, the biggest question is what do they have planned for AJ Styles at Mania? You know, he's a big. I mean, technically he's a big name in this in this list. Uh, Sheamus. What do they have planned for Sheamus? I mean, Sheamus and Drew are obviously are in this in this thrown together feud. Um, we kind of seen it coming because Sheamus has obviously uh, been a heel ever since 
Uh, he lost the world title uh, SmackDown his his SmackDown world title run. Uh, he's been a heel ever since. Ever since uh, filming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> uh, and then Kobe Kingston so random. I think I think Mufasa Ali is the first person eliminated because I don't think Kobe Kingston's in this match. I think <laughs> I think Mufasa Ali plays Kobe Kingston. I think he ironically gets beaten first. <laughs> Just as an insult to injury. Oh shit! You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice. And I'm gonna say Drew McIntyre wins the chamber match. I think he pins Sheamus. I think they were they did the whole tease on Raw with Sheamus pinning Drew, uh, which means Sheamus is the last man to enter the um, the match. And I think it's all swerve, and Drew McIntyre will retain. Booyah! Moving on. Now, this one is even more crazy. The SmackDown Elimination Chamber match. King Corbin versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn versus Jay Uso. Now, the biggest takeaway from this match, before we predict it, the winner has to immediately is it immediately or just later on that would be that'd be interesting if it's um later on but basically the winner of this match will face Roman Reigns later uh for the title so if it's directly after uh, you know if it's if it's like if maybe this is the first chamber match and then we get a series of matches and then and then Roman Reigns versus the winner for the title happens that'd be interesting as well uh so on fresh and a nice little build up for drama um so yeah i guess who who's it going to be King Corbin Kevin Owens Cesaro Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn or Jay Uso to win the chamber match you're not going to like this but i'm going to have to say Kevin Owens again again I'm 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 pretty much sick of these matches with Kevin Owens. To be honest, I'm not a I'm not a Kevin Owens fan. I think um, I'm I'm kind of like offended they've given him the stunner. <laughs> I think I'm offended he, that they made him a babyface. Kevin Owens is like a pretty version of Mick Foley, which doesn't work. Mick Foley only works because you have how grungy, <laughs> how grungy and gross Mick Foley looks, and Mister Sacco and putting a. A, 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 a wiener sock on his hand and shoving in people's mouths. That's what works about Mick Foley. A lot of people say, oh, Kevin Owens is like Mick Foley. Yeah, but Kevin Owens looks like a fucking Canadian Mick Foley. <laughs> so fuck Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah, just because Kevin Owens takes bumps doesn't make him any better than Mick Foley did. Because <laughs> Mick Foley had the psychology. He, that's, he knew how that's to, what it is. You know? he, not only he, did he have the psychology, he had the ability to captivate audiences with, the, with his gimmick. And of course, he could work if he wanted to. Kevin Owens, all he does is just bump and talk. Uh, visually, Kevin Owens, I mean, is really bad. I mean, visually, they need to do something with his appearance. I don't know. I don't know if it's just like Kevin Owens just saying, no, I'm not going to change my appearance. But Kevin Owens, he needs a drastic change to be believable because right now he just isn't. Yeah, he needs to bulk up. <sighs> I don't know. Like I said, like they made him grungy or something. They made him like more like 
if they give him like a mankind mask or something. I don't know because I, I I can see I can see what they're saying. Kevin Owens, mankind. I can see I can see the comparison. The difference is that what you're saying, the, the psychology of looking at Kevin Owens, not the same as looking at a Mick Foley. You know, Mick Foley he had this he had longer hair. He's like. Hey, missing fucking teeth because he's this badass. Kevin Owens has like a, oh, I shaved my beard perfect. Oh, I have this kind of like a like a fo- like a faux hawk. Um, like I'm so I'm so Canadian. I'm I'm Kevin Owens. Yeah. I'm Frenchy. I'm a French fry. You can eat me. Mick Foley is like a fucking uh ground up beef on the ground. <laughs> Eating sad. Kevin Owens is pretty. Well, he's a pretty boy. Is what Undertaker was saying. All these fucking new people. I'm. I'm. You know, they're, they're doing cool bumps. They're athletic or whatever, but they're fucking look pretty. They're. They're not real. They're not real people. They're fake ass fucking people. <sighs> Kevin Owens gets. He gets my blood blood boiling because I. I just feel like there's something missing with him. They just need to change something about him to make him. Uh, what they're trying to be, but he's just so fucking fake. Uh. I think it'd be nice to see Cesaro win, but that's, I mean, Cesaro's on the cuff heel, heel, so I don't know. Yeah, and Cesaro's getting too old for the title picture anyway with all the injuries that he's endured over the years. Maybe we'll see um, Daniel Bryan win, and we can find, and then obviously we'll get Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, for Roman Reigns to win. And then that would be a nice build-up. Give me a nice retirement oh, match for Daniel Bryan. What if it's a nice build-up? To Daniel Bryan, because you cause you got to think whoever wins this match will probably get a rematch at Fastlane. I think Daniel Bryan is the best pick. I think Jay Uso makes it to the end. Oh shit, Jay Uso might win, and then he lays down. We wouldn't want to see that match. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I think Jay. What if Jay Uso wins? If Jay Uso wins, then the match is pointless. Yeah. Then well, then he'll just lay down and take the pin from Roman. I'm saying, as much as I don't like it, Kevin Owens is going to win. That's heat. That's heat for Roman, because obviously Jay Uso just took the. You know, he laid down for Roman. <sighs> Sami Zayn. I think we're going to see uh, a nice Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens throwback. That's interesting. Uh, King Corbin. Shit, King Corbin might be the first one eliminated. King Corbin's first one eliminated. Uh, Then, King Corbin. Sami Zayn. Cesaro. uh, Jey Uso. And then it's going to come down to, no, Cesaro's going to pin Daniel Bryan to be a shocker. So maybe King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, and then Kevin Owens beats Jay. I'm like, fuck it, I agree with you. Kevin Owens wins. Fuck! I'm so mad! I'm so mad I painted that picture. They need to get Kevin Owens off TV. I'm so mad I painted. I sent him the fucking raw. He don't. He don't need to be in this feud. He don't know. He doesn't need this. Kevin Owens is better as a heel, anyways. I hate him as a babyface. He doesn't. He's not believable. 
He doesn't have a believe. His move set isn't believable except for his fucking cannonball. He's not even fat enough. He needs to add some weight to him just to make the cannonball move realistic. Uh, he looks like someone that works at fucking Walmart. <laughs> just, <laughs> I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it's true. Stone Cold, you gave your finisher to a fucking Walmart employee, goddammit. Uh, I don't like that. And then obviously Roman Reigns uh, beats whoever wins. So... Ah, so frustrating. And it's not even the main of it's, you know. It's not even the last pay per view. We got this, and then we have to deal with um, Fast Lane. Fast Lane will be intriguing because Fast Lane is unpredictable. You know, Fast Lane. Like, what are they gonna do for Fast Lane? Like right now, Elimination Chamber is kind of stacked with like this is the build up to Mania. This is it. But there's a pay per view in the middle. Pay per view in the middle. So I, I, I bet we're gonna get some weird matches for Fastlane. Uh God damn it. It's so frustrating. Frustrating. Ed Ray, what are your thoughts on that entire scenario that we painted? Uh, elimination Chamber, one of the matches may be good. But as far as Fastlane, what more am I gonna say about it? I mean can we just have one pay per view before WrestleMania instead of two? I know, right? Man, it's gonna just just think it's gonna be annoying when we gotta throw in fucking roadblock in our in our series because you know we're talking about the main events before Mania. There was at one point three pay per views before Mania. Remember that? I think we had a Chamber, Fast Lane, and then Roadblock was literally, I think, two weeks before Mania. Roadblock was so gay. But we'll, we'll talk about that on the next episode. The next episode on the Road to Potomania. Uh, well, actually, we're, I think the next episode of Road to Potomania will actually be our recap of Elimination Chamber. So that's what it'll be. So we'll have to watch Elimination Chamber uh, this Sunday. We'll watch Elimination Chamber. We'll come back. We'll give our response. We'll review it. Chat about it. We're on the Road to Potomania. We're giving our opinions. Do you agree? If not, well, you're probably a loser. But also, you're listening to you're listening to opinions and beer. We are a man.